I'm Stacey Lindis from Podcast PD, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, listeners, welcome back to Get Inspired and Innovate. So today we're going to talk about the digital divide that we're seeing right now in the United States, the haves, the have-nots. Stephanie, so up there in uh, Pinkerton, I always mispronounce that. How do you pronounce that, Stephanie? Pinkerton. Yeah, like that. So um, what what about, are are you guys one-to-one yet? Uh, Do y'all have devices, don't have devices? Do you see students using computers in the classroom every day? Because uh, I'm hearing both sides, you know, we're, we're on technology too much. Then we have others that, so we don't have enough technology. We're not preparing kids. So what are you seeing? Yeah, so we went one-to-one back in, I want to say 2016. And uh, so it's been a while and our teachers are getting more comfortable. I remember at the beginning, you know, that fear, it is scary uh, to have a computer in your room. You don't know where kids are going to go or how to do digital citizenship. And I think just reminding teachers, like you have done this. So if a kid doesn't um, turn in their paper online, what was your protocol when they didn't turn it on paper? What was your protocol if they said something inappropriate and then they typed it? You know, it's it's just taking it and just putting it in that digital setting. And so there's a lot of conversations around that or what happens if my kid forgot their Chromebook or didn't charge it? Well, what did you do if they forgot their books or their pencil, you know, and just kind of having those conversations with some of our teachers and creating those standard operating procedures of like, what are your expectations for the classroom? Um, So that was, you know, kind of our barrier was just the scared and didn't know what kids were going to do. And now in today after COVID and just after a lot of coaching sessions and professional learning, um, our teachers have been rocking it. Um, They, they feel comfortable having the computer in their classroom. If they want to, they ask for help and I'm able to go in and co-teach with them or co-plan with them, whatever they kind of need. All they have to do is ask. Um, So we just have to get them to ask for help. And that is through, you know, building those coaching relationships. They have to want me to, you know, feel comfortable to work with me. They can't feel like I'm judging them. And I think too, it's important for a teacher, like, for example, all of our teachers are different. All of them have different ups and downs and skills and sets. And I think that's great. Um, And so as a coach, you can't be judgmental. You can't go into a classroom and be like, why haven't you used that puzzle? I think Mm -hmm. sometimes when I'm coaching, it's more like, hey, what problem are you dealing with? Did you know that Edpuzzle can help you track the videos watch? And if you use Edpuzzle, For your quarantine students, they can still get instruction right now. Um, So I think right now, a lot of it is like me just listening to teachers and solving their problems with them. Like, did you know that in Google Slides, you can collaborate, you know, or doing whatever you need to do. And it's helping solve a lot of different teacher problems. And again, you can't be judgmental. You can't just be like, why haven't they done this? There's probably a reason. And I feel like, too, a new teacher, they're so overwhelmed with all of the stuff coming in. And there's no way I'd want to be a new teacher this school year. Um, It would just be crazy. And um, just kind of meeting them when they're ready, you know, and they've got to have some of that ownership as well. And just saying, hey, this can save you time or this tool can do that to solve that problem has really been my like go to strategy when coaching Lance. 
Yep. So I always, when, when I'm talking to teachers about this, I always hold up a couple of items like like this that I've got. And for our listeners that can't see it, I've got I've got a pen here, I've got a whiteboard marker, and I have a phone here. So I always ask what, and I've got a screwdriver here. What do all these have in common? Well, they're all tools. So, and they, but they're all tools for for different things. So at one point, when the when the ink pen and the pencil came out, that was a tool. And I'm sure that people didn't go just crazy because, oh, now I can write stuff down. But, you know, we, when we think about, like, research and encyclopedias and stuff like that in the old days, uh, we can take a phone now or, or a computer and we can expedite the process of learning so, so much. They, they talk about how fast knowledge is growing now. Knowledge is growing exponentially now because we have the tools so that we can do that. But if we don't prepare our students for the future or for right now uh, by not providing them with the technology that they need to be learning, we're, we're cutting back the, their problem-solving toolkit that they've got. Um, so problem-solving is something that, that I feel like that we need to, we need to be focusing on and teaching our, our students how to problem-solve uh, for the future. But if we're not giving them the tools that they're even going to be using in the future, they can't even get the basic knowledge that they need to be able to problem-solve in the future. That's just that's kind of my take on it. So that brings us to our guest today. We've got uh, Dr. Josera Hines joining us today by by way of Trinidad slash uh, Florida uh, slash New, New Mexico slash now in Chicago. <laughs> so we're glad to have you with us today. She's a Google certified trainer. She is a Google certified coach also. So uh, Dr. Hines, help us a little bit with this digital divide that we're talking about. What what are you seeing? Uh, are, are students on computers too much? Do they need to be on them more? Are we giving them the skills that they need? Um, help us out here. Okay, so thanks uh, for having me. Um, you know, I think, I think there is a happy medium. So there are some classes that lend themselves well to having students work on a device. Um, and then there are some classes where the students do need to be off of it. Like, you know, you things like art, they really should, um, you know, deal with the, like the, the, the textures, the feelings, right? Of the paintbrush in the hand of making the strokes and all of those things. However, if we are moving in the direction that it seems to, that we seem to be going in, there are, you know, there are an, there's an expansive world where um, computing technology can really innovate and um, facilitate new things in different you know, fields and subject areas. And so our students do need to have exposure as much as possible in every content area as possible to the tools, the computing tools that could really help them understand their subject better and um, to create, to create more like, you know, you said um, that, you know, the pen, the whiteboard, the cell phone, these are all technologies. And these technologies were created um, to help us be more efficient, but to also with that efficiency, we're freeing up more time to be then more innovative and creative. And so if we can show our students and expose them 
to technologies that could help them understand better what they're learning. But then, like you said, again, problem solve in the meantime, then we're teaching them invaluable skills that, you know, will transcend time, really. Um, so like if a solar, uh, you know, a solar storm happens tomorrow and all our um, all our satellites and our electrical grid goes down, at least our students can problem solve, right? But if we that doesn't happen and we're all on computers for the rest of our lives, then they still have that ability. Um, and in terms of the digital divide, I think this is where districts and you know stakeholders and leaders of schools really need to come to the table and figure out a way to make this happen. I think Biden's um, infrastructure plan is going to help with that because I know, you know, high-speed internet um, in rural and remote areas is a part of his plan and that will surely help. But, you know, that infrastructure is only one piece of the puzzle. Districts need to actually have these technologies in the schools to then you know, get the students using that infrastructure. Yeah, and I love what you said about problem solving because that's a huge skill that I think sometimes at the beginning of every single school year, kids, I don't know if they test their teachers or what it is, but they act like they can't problem solve. I don't know if you've dealt with this in your uh, district. Um, so we did a really cool project this past couple of weeks. Um, I created a roadmap. So it was like a game board and the kids had to go to every single stop and it was like a tracking sheet. And there was videos along the way because there was 90 kids. I'm not going to teach whole group how to create a Google site to 90 kids, not doing it. I know like one kid's going to get ahead. Another kid's going to be three steps back. Another kid's going to be here and here and here. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not going to stress myself out. So I was like, what could I do? I'm like video. So I recorded myself every single step and I broke down videos. They were like one to two minutes. Here's how you do this part. Stop the video. Here's now how you create a page. Here's how you create the header. Here's how you add a text box. Every single one was a different um, box. And it was really funny. The first video I did was how to open up Google sites. <laughs> so they had to do it. And um, I did an overview video and then that one. And then they had a teacher check-in. They would watch the video and again, just watch it. They didn't listen to it. And then they go, I need a teacher check-in. I'd come over. Where, where's your Google site? What are you talking about? You didn't listen to the video, but I watched it, but you didn't listen to it. And you have to be so hard on these kids because if you're not at the beginning of the year, they're going to try to play you like that. And I go, no, you need to listen to it and you need to watch it. And then you need to do it. <laughs> Once you do it, you can move on. But until then, you're not moving on. And you have to, I was really strict with them about that. And today was the last day of working on their Google sites. And it was amazing. Like the first day is really, really rough. <laughs> but once you're like, no, you've got to watch the video. And then they can pause, rewatch if they have questions or if they're waiting for a teacher check-in. Um, and then the kids can move along their roadmap. And I mean, every single kid was able to create a Google site by watching a video. And I don't think that would have happened if I did that whole group to 90 kids, they would have still been on three steps back or wherever they're at. And their sites were personalized because we were able to talk about Canva and how to add graphics onto their website. And now the teachers can use that skill of using video and a roadmap and all those things in their content. Because 
of building a website is pretty low cognitive. They're just adding their name. They're adding their bio. You know, like they're able to answer all those questions. And so now that they know the routine and how it's kind of run, I think they're going to be really successful if a teacher did this again, or if they have a sub or if they're quarantined. Um, so it's really cool to watch them problem solve. Yeah, I, and I'm a firm believer, Stephanie, and, um, you know, in order to teach students, you have to engage them in the learning. Mm -hmm. So what what are they being engaged with at home? Well, we know that they're engaged with uh, social media. They're engaged with TV, Netflix, TikTok, all this other, all other digital media that we've got. And if, uh, if a student comes in and you hand them a, a worksheet and a piece of paper and tell them to take notes and answer questions out of a book or something like that, I have a hard time believing that they're going to be engaged in learning unless you're just a, uh, a showman and, and can keep everybody engaged. Uh, it, I just don't see it happening. Um, but that's me. Maybe I'm too new school than old school here, but uh, I feel like we've got to engage the students in learning. And I feel like the things that are doing that now are, are the digital medias that we're seeing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when Stephanie was describing her um, video and how the students were following along, and then she said, you know, this could be something they take into another classroom that made me um, think about this book. It's called A New Culture of Learning, and it's by Thomas and Celie Brown. And they, you know, in they they um, propose that in the time we're living, that it's not about rec recalling information. It's not about gathering information. It's more about like learning in a collective. So if we give these skills to our students, they could then go into other classrooms with other groups of students and kind of spread that knowledge and work together as a collective to find and solve problems together. But, you know, it's that concept of we teach them and they can teach others, right? Um, so I really, I really liked that. That was very poignant. Yeah, one thing, one question I got for Stephanie here too. Well, actually, multiple questions, but you know, she was talking about she was talking about they designed websites and she had to make videos for those and she had to use Canva. So, so Stephanie, where did you get your web design degree and your photo editing degree and your video creation degree? I mean, how how are you learning how to do all this stuff? Did you get training on this? Uh, just by clicking. <laughs> just by clicking. And then I searched Google if I have a question or need help maybe I ask somebody if like hey how did you do that so so you're problem solving yeah I am yeah yeah and, and I feel like that that's the skill that we've got to teach our students because uh, I'm not a computer programmer but I, I do coding here on a daily basis and the way that I do coding is I google it you know I'm trying to do this I've got this code how do I make it work? And, and usually we'll right. get through it somehow and we'll figure out how to do it. Uh, but if we don't give our students these skills of, you know, I, I think everybody's just going to have to have those basic skills. That's going to be basic skills that you, you're going to need for a job anymore. How to make a video, how to edit a picture, uh, you know, how to how to make a, 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 a website if you need to. I think those are just basic things that we're going to need to know from here on out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna go on to our next segment, which is our meme and quote. So Dr. Hines, what is your meme or quote that you brought this week? Well, it, <laughs> it's a little outdated now, but the, the image is the same or it feels the same. So it was like, you know, teaching 
March 2020 and the person, you know, the person looks all, you know, composed and calm and put together. And then the one year later, the person is completely disheveled, um, looks run down. And I feel like nothing. I feel like I'm in a perpetual March 2021. Like, like it's just in a different location. So like teaching online was very stressful. You know, you were pulling teeth and I don't know about where you guys were, but we didn't have a um, camera on policy. So it was like being in a seance, like, are you here? Uh, do you hear me? Uh, I, you know, and then now we're in the classroom, but I, it's still a struggle, you know, to transition back, first of all, after, you know, so, for instance, I teach um, one section of sophomores. They had only been in our building for, or they hadn't been in our building, period. Um, and they're, you know, in their second year of school, and they're now coming to the building for the first time. So getting them transitioned in was interesting. Um, the juniors, they were only there for half a year, really. So it's still a struggle. I'm, I still feel disheveled. And my world is always in constant rocking is how I still feel. Yeah. And I think too, teachers thought this year was going to be easier and it's not. I feel no. like it's harder. <laughs> um, so mine is, hang on, let me try to blow it up a little bit. Quarantine day one, you look great. <laughs> Quarantine day 14, you're like going crazy. And then by the 28th, you're just like insane and you need to talk to people. So yeah, that's how I felt, Lance. <laughs> so Stephanie, day 14, do you know what movie that's from? Um, no. That is Kingpan. Oh, no. I was going to say back to the future. <laughs> no, Kingpin. All right. So so mine, uh, I don't know who this little guy is, but he's cute. I like seeing him on, on different names. He's from a movie. I think so? Maybe. It may be a cartoon. It says, when you find out your normal daily lifestyle, it's called quarantine. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of me. We actually had a, had a funny conversation around the office today of when it's okay to give hugs. <laughs> and I, I just said, just mark me down for never. And they're like, what? I said, well, what about if somebody just died or passed away? I said, I'm already in pain and hurting. Why are you going to make me hurt more? I said, just mark me down for never. So we, I've, I've kind of figured out that quarantine is my, my normal life. There you go. All right. So Dr. Haynes, what's something that you learned this week that you can share with others? Um, well, let's see. I don't know if I really learned a, something very specific this week, but one of the things that I'm really trying to um, hone and um, just, you know, get the skill down pat is uh, using um, Google Sheets for choice boards. Um, I feel like, you know, more than ever, we need to respect students' voice and to give them a voice and choice in our classroom. So I have been trying to, you know, find and manipulate and create as many templates using Google Slides as possible um, to create different ways um, that students can choose activities and media and whatever readings that they want. So, you know, mix it up. Um, a good one is like a tic-tac-toe version where they have to do, you know, three things in a tic-tac-toe, either diagonal, whatever, across, whatever. Um, but also another good one is like a bingo 
Um, so just finding those templates and just, you know, really uh, using all the features inside of Google Slides to facilitate that. Yeah, I love choice boards. And I think it's great to, you know, get students to kind of find their interest and they can buy into maybe making a podcast or making a right. movie and allow them to extend it. Yeah. And the, in, you know, and with Google Slides, all of the things that you can integrate is, is amazing. Like you now um, you can integrate, you know, voice recording um, images. So, you know, that I, I really like that aspect of using Google Slides for that particular purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mine is on speed dating, um, which I've never gone speed dating. I know that's crazy, Lance, but with speed dating, what the kids do is they partner up and then like every minute they go to a new partner. And I just love it because they're getting feedback from different people. They're sharing their ideas, they're writing, and they're getting that feedback from their peers. Lance? All right. So I put an app on here that, that I found not too long ago. Other people may know about it. It's called Libby. Uh, it works with your local library, and it'll allow you to download digital books for free onto your phone or your device so that you can read or listen to your book. Yeah, we have Sora. Have you heard of Sora? Have not. Okay, so it's with um, Overdrive, and you can listen or read books on that. Yeah, this one, this one's by Overdrive also. So Libby okay. is supposedly the new version. The libraries. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening and get inspired and innovate. Dr. Haynes, how can people connect with you? Um, I do have a Twitter account that I use solely for growing my professional learning network. Um, so I'm there at at Heinz Jazara. Um, and I am on, you know, other media like Instagram and Snapchat. But again, you know, Twitter is probably the best way. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening and make sure you check out our show notes on the website at getinspiredandinnovate.com.